the things that you have shown us in, in your word. Continue to be with us, Lord. Give us a desire to learn more of thee. In in blessed name of Jesus, amen. All right, amen. so we are on the uh, chapter witnesses. What does witnesses have to do with Christians anyway? Well, Anybody? Elder, I was hoping you was going to read 15.4 because I have learned and I, I just I just pray for those people now that I'm, I'm back at, you know, working. I said, I have found myself on my witnessing to set time out for myself to get closer with God before I can go out and tell anybody else. Because before <laughs> I started working, I had all that I had all that free time and now I have to manage my time much better. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Anybody else? What does witnesses have to do with Christians? That's what we are. Christians are witnesses of Jesus. Our name, you know, indicates that we are uh, Christ-like or believe in Christ, so we're witnesses um, of Christ. That's what we are. Okay. Any other thoughts on witnesses? Well, I think about the fact that um, Jesus told the disciples uh, and told us also to go and be witnesses in all the world. So okay. it's, it's actually a mandate from Christ. Witnesses in all the world. Are we supposed to be silent witnesses? Anybody heard that term? No. Silent witness. Yes. No. Well, you know what? Oh. In a sense, I think, yes, because we are supposed to live a Christ-like life so that people, when they look at us, they will see Christ in us. But okay. yeah, and like Lakita said, yes, we, we can do both, you know. And, and witnessing yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that we're going around quoting the Bible all the time. It could be <laughs> doing as Christ did, you know, doing yeah. things for other people, helping the sick and, you know, feeding the hungry and just sitting with people who just need somebody near or something. I think we're witnesses whether we like it or not because people watch us. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yeah. All good points. Yeah, and, and um, so the first, uh, like Patsy has said, it says we are Christ's witnesses, and then it says we're not to allow worldly interests and plans to absorb our time and attention. So if we're not to allow worldly interests and plans to absorb our time and attention, should we even have jobs? Should we even have hobbies? Should we even have interests outside of uh, evangelism and witnessing? Yes, yes but we, we have to make a balance. Uh, go ahead, Patsy. We couldn't hear you. I said yes, but we but we have to make a balance, and that's something that I had to find myself. You have to balance that out with what God is blessing you with a job, or you know, or whether it's a talent that He's having you to use. But I had to learn that once I went back to work, to balance that time out to serve God first individually then go out and 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 try to tell others about him okay karen what were you gonna say i was gonna say that we are to occupy until he comes we're supposed to be in the world but not of the world so um we yes we still and also the, the commandments say six days shall thou labor and do all that work so we still have mm -hmm. to do other things um yeah but um we should still keep uh, always keep our mind on, especially when we're around other people. Um, what what type of influence are we exerting over them just by what we're doing? Mm -hmm. One thing I think about Lee is when the Lord gives us a position or blesses us with a job. To me, it's the primary goal really is to be a witness for Him. Secondarily you're there to, you know, uh, have a job and have a paycheck and be able to take care of your family. But, but, but primarily, um, we're there to be a witness for him, you know, and, 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 you know, you sometimes you're sitting at lunch with different people and certain things come up and they find out what kind of, uh, what kind of person you are and how, how the Lord has affected your life. Those conversations happen sometimes at the at lunch, you know, but I I believe mm -hmm. he places us and blesses us with positions 
uh, for him first and secondarily for our families. Okay. And the disciples had jobs, right? There are fishermen and tent makers and tax collectors and doctors. So they all had jobs and they had families. Some of them had families. So yeah, it was mentioned, uh, Patsy said, balance is the key. We shouldn't be all lopsided, all work and no play. We shouldn't be all church and nothing else. So we have to put a balance in our lives so that we do use some of our time uh, witnessing for Christ. And as was pointed out, our main witness is how we act, the things that we say, the things that we do. And, uh, you know, again, that quote that says, be a witness. And if you have to use words, so you don't always have to use words to be a faithful witness. And yeah, we all have uh, lives to live. We all have other things that we do. Jesus was a carpenter, right? So there's nothing wrong with people working uh, but that does not stop you from being a faithful witness for the Lord. He's just pointing out, don't neglect him. And all you do is your own thing. You know, and you don't ever do anything for God. You don't even attempt to be faithful in your witness. Uh, so don't get it lopsided. Uh, next paragraph down, is it says in, I think that's Isaiah, I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness. Who is this thee that he has called? Us who? Christians, those of us who are followers. Okay. All of us who call ourselves Christians, all of us who say that we're followers of, of the Lord and that we are um, allowing his Holy Spirit to lead us. So he has called each and every one of us in righteousness. Then he says, I will hold your hand and keep you and give you for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open blind eyes, bring out the prisoners from prison and to them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. So he's asking us to be his uh, hands, the hands and feet of God, to go out doing good works. Somebody had mentioned doing good works. So that's what God is asking us to do, uh, be his hands and feet. The people of the world are worshiping what kind of gods? Yeah, false gods. And then it says they're to be turned from their false worship. The people of the world who are worshiping false gods are to be turned from their false worship. How are we supposed to do that? How do we turn people I think from Sister false Karen, gods? I think Sister Karen said he's right. We, we are of this world, but we're not supposed to be in the world. We're supposed to live as God lived. He had to live down here, and we can live down here and, and praise him and not take part in all the the stuff that the world wants us to do. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? How are we supposed to turn others from false worship? It's interesting. Uh, if you would like to, let's say you found out that fresh fruits and vegetables is good for you, is better for you than frozen, better than um, like Actual potatoes better than potato chips. Actual corn better than corn chips. So you want people to know that fresh fruits and vegetables is the best way to live. How would you go about doing that? I well, eat them first. <laughs> yeah, by practicing you, what you preach. <laughs> okay, Any, want people, anything more? Yeah. People will see the difference and they want to know you know, how did you lose that weight? Why do you have a glow? Why do you look so good? You look younger than your age. You know, where you get this energy from? And that's the testimony. Okay, Lakita, what were you saying? Uh, I'm agreeing with you. What if I say, y'all know you shouldn't be eating those nasty chips. They just terrible for you and they're going to make you sick and you need to be doing this here, eating fresh fruit instead of that junk. You think that's going to be uh, persuading people? Yeah. yeah. I think it would cause them to ask you, well, then what you eat, you know, with the, with the ad attitude. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we're on paragraph 15.6 where it says, uh, I just read the people of the world worshiping false gods. They're to be turned from their false worship, not by hearing denunciation of their idols, but by beholding something better. God's goodness is to be made known. 
So the way that we go about it is to tell them about the goodness of God. Let them know how he has blessed us. Let them know how our lives have been improved by following Christ. It's not going to help any of us to go out and start downgrading people on what they're doing. Because like you just mentioned, Patsy, first thing you're going to get is attitude. And you might get worse than that if you keep it up. So we have to be careful that we're not just condemning other people. That's not our job. Our job is to lift up Christ and let others behold him and uh, let his goodness be made known. So as we do that, you know, again, in the way that we act and the things that we do and say, people are looking, whether you know it or not, people are always watching you. And I think someone had alluded to it earlier. We can be good witnesses or we can be bad witnesses. So whatever we do, we have to be careful that we're doing what is right because people are always watching you. They might see you doing good. And they might see you doing bad. So just know that you are always a witness one way or the other. Elder Carroll, I have yeah. a question. Mm-hmm. And this is probably for everybody on the line. I'm just curious. What happens when you're witnessing to a person, but because they've come in contact with a person that has been a bad witness on them, it's like their self-esteem is low. And when you get ready to talk, it's like you can kind of see it that they don't know, you know, well, they were kind of reluctant to hear what you got to say because they, you know, because they, they ran into a bad witness. What do you do then? Mm. Any thoughts on, on that one? What do you do when somebody has run into a bad witness and now you're trying to witness to them? You just be the best witness you can and know yeah. that ultimately it is their decision on what they're going to do or not, what they are going to do. And um, and you do a lot of praying for them, pray and know that it's their choice. Mm. Okay, Karen? Uh, yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. You still live godly in front of them. You still witness for the truth if you're speaking, you know, speaking it or whatever. And let God, let, let the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit do the rest. You know, because if, if that person is truly seeking for truth, they will gravitate towards a, a person that's living godly in Christ Jesus. If they're not seeking for truth and they heard something wrong or something bad or they saw a witness that wasn't, they were talking the talk but not walking the walk, then yeah, if they're looking for reasons to reject truth, then, you know... You find those everywhere. Okay, yeah. thank you, sister. Mm-hmm. And you know what? They'll find them. Even you know, you're not perfect. We're not going to be perfect. If they don't want to find Christ, they'll find something in you to to determine mm-hmm. that they're not going to follow Christ. So it's nothing. You know, that decision is ultimately theirs. They get to choose, but you know, because it's not really following us. They're supposed to be getting to know God, really. And, you know, also right. the enemy gets up in that thing when you're witnessing mm-hmm. to somebody. Mm-hmm. The enemy gets up in that thing. And so, you know, he's trying to pervert the plain meaning of something or twist the meaning of something. And so it's not always that the person is a bad witness. I had a friend that came to visit our church and she was there for Sabbath school and Elder Brown was teaching and he was in lesson was dealing with uh, Michael, the archangel. And so she went away from there thinking that we were teaching that there was a, there was more than one son of God. Mm. And she never wanted to come back after that. And even when I tried to explain to her, you know, that Michael, the archangel and Jesus are the same, she wasn't hearing it. Mm. Interesting. And we don't know what we're talking about. And she don't want nothing to do with us because, you know, we believe there's more than one son of God. Well, I think it's very true what was said. If a person looking for a reason not to believe, there's plenty of them. And on the other hand, if the person's looking to believe, there's plenty of evidence for them to believe also. And, right. and then it's like people always say, when you convince a person against their will, they're still not convinced. Right. They might just agree with you to get out, you know, get you mm-hmm. away from them. And so you stop bothering, but, but their minds have not been changed. Again, mm-hmm. our job 
And I like what was said earlier. Our first thing we do when witnessing is pray. Ask God to bless the words that come out of your mouth. Ask him to bless your mind and your heart. Ask him to bless the other person's ears and their heart. Ask him to bless the people around, the location you meet at. Bless everything. Allow his Holy right. Spirit to be the one that's speaking to the person. And when we do that, then God's promise, he'll take care of the results. When we uh, go according to his will and ask him to handle it, he's going to do it. Our job is just to bear plain, decided testimony against evil practices and point sinners to Christ. Don't try and point people to you. (laughs) That's, That's a problem in the making. You know, because we're all sinners saved by grace. And if if I um, am out yeah. witnessing and I tell a person, yeah, just, you know, see, do what I do. And then the very moment that I slip into sin and fall, they looking at me saying, yeah, do what you do. Right. But mm-hmm. when I point a person to Christ. They'll never see Christ slip because Christ is perfect and righteous and he's going to help them to overcome. You know, I can just point people to Christ. I can do my best to be a good example, but I'm not the Lamb of God. I'm pointing people to the Lamb of God. Yeah, Yeah. so be careful about that. Uh, It says that on paragraph 16.1, says the disciples were to go forth as Christ's witness to declare to the world what they had seen and heard of him. They were to be workers together with God for the saving of men. You know, that's a grand and glorious and honorable position to be a worker together with God for the saving of men. Have you ever really thought that's what you're doing? Anybody ever thought of that? Yeah, I mean, I have to a certain extent because we have to, um, you know, everyone that makes it to heaven has to have at least one star in their crown. And so, uh, and some will have stars that they didn't realize they they would have <laughs> because yeah. they, they they lived a certain way and someone was watching or they said you know they 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 were a link in a chain in the chain that got that person to heaven you know. Mm-hmm. And when you think about you know we think of prestigious jobs you know the president you know a CEO you know people like that. But here we are, workers together with God to save men. I mean, what greater position can we be in than that? The work that we do as working with God, that's going to have eternal consequences. Whereas any job you have down here on earth that you think is high and mighty and something to be uh, feeling good about, that's just temporary. It's good while you got it, but we're talking about eternal salvation. We're out here offering people salvation through Christ, and that is going to last for eternity. So there's no greater job that any of us can be called to do. Now, when we're out witnessing, our job is to teach people and to convict other people of sin, right? No. (laughs) (laughs) Thomas, what do you think? Uh, If you're uh, uh, listening... Is it our job to teach and convict people of sin? No, of course not. No, it's definitely not our job. What's uh, <laughs> was the tricky part? We are called to teach, right? We are. I, and, if, and I'll always say this, and maybe somebody said this earlier, but sometimes the only Bible somebody may read is us, right? Mm. Is, it, is that the good old saying right there? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's so, a good one. So uh, it's definitely um, maybe being careful how you act in front of people, what you do, you know, I, I, I think that's the best thing to do. You know, I know sometime mm-hmm. and I, I've been out here, I've been in church since 04, right? When mm-hmm. I was younger in my 20s. And, and, and so when you say you have to you have to work job or meet a couple of people, you, you say you in church, then they watching you. It's as simple as that. They are watching you. See, so if you curse. Uh, if you about to go somewhere, <laughs> they're gonna say, I thought you was in church. You church, church boy, what you doing here? I done got this several times. Mm. And the, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> so I'm a witness of being, you know, if you, you claim you go to church, I, I never walked around saying, um, 
So somebody asked me, hey, how you doing? I'm I'm highly blessed to fail. I never, never walked around saying that, right? <laughs> you know, but so when you say you in church, people watch you. So I think it's always about being careful about how you act in front of people. You know? <laughs> and it has to be in your heart, though. It, it, it really has to be in your heart to really want to be a follower of Christ, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so it's not our job to convict others of sin. Why shouldn't no. we convict others? Why shouldn't we be convicting others of sin? Because that's the job of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's not our job, huh? Mm-mm. Why ain't it? I'm pretty good at picking out sin. <laughs> well, well, you yeah, know, we, you know, Elder Carroll. Like you, you know, Elder Carroll. Since I, I kind of, you know, work with young people, and they seem to think all Christians are so perfect. And sometimes you, I have to remind them, I wasn't always a Christian. I was young like you. God, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit and God coming through, and, and I said, I had to learn things too. But they seem to think, especially in the teen years, they're like, oh, now these church people are going to talk to me. They holier than die. I'm like, honey, we'll go to church because we made mistakes, and we just know that now, you know, we draw closer to the Holy Spirit, and we still fall on our knees on a daily basis because we sin daily. I say, even when we don't think we sin, I said, we still fall on our knees, I said, on on a daily basis, asking God and the Holy Spirit to forgive us and lead us and guide us. So, you know, like I said, sometimes teenagers think, you know, we when they hear the word, we go to church, they're like, oh, my God, they're perfect. Mm. Paula, you had a comment? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you hit it, Patsy. We can't convict others of sin because we're sinners ourselves. We are all struggling for the mastery, and sometimes we fall short of the glory of God. Uh, when Jesus was talking to a group of people, he said to them, which of you convicts me of sin? Because Jesus knew he was sinless. But none of us can say that. If we say to somebody, well, who convict, which of you convicts me of sin, his line would be 10 or 12 people raised their hand. So, because we're all trying to make it, you know, and if it wasn't for the grace of God, none of us would ever be saved because we're sinful human beings born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Um, But God has his hand upon us as his witnesses so that, as was mentioned, Thomas mentioned, our example is being looked at. So we want to follow Christ. We want to step where he leads us. We want to follow his uh, Holy Spirit's guidance so that we are a good witness to others and that we can point them to Jesus, the one and only sinless person. Uh, on the bottom of paragraph 16.2, where we're, okay, Lakita, what do you want to say? Well, I was going to say that um, we have to too, try not to be too hard on ourselves because we can't change us. And people might see you do something that is questionable and stuff, but they can't put how they believe about religion and what religion is and what it isn't or what, you know, being a Christian is or isn't. They can't put their definition up on you. You can only move as the Holy Spirit teaches you to move. So someone may believe that you shouldn't be in a certain spot, but, you know, if you're following God, he took you to the spot. So, or, you know, it's just their idea of what what should be happening and shouldn't be happening. That's not necessarily what God is working on in you. We can't change ourselves. It's just not, it's really not possible. And if you ever try to diet without God, you absolutely know it's just a waste. <laughs> okay. Any other thoughts on that? Okay, it says, um, men shall be my witnesses throughout the world asserting my claims. God is speaking asserting my claims on man's time, his money, his intellect. So it's what we talk about all the time about stewardship. God has a claim on our time, talent, temple, and treasure because he gave them all to us as resources to use, and we need to use some of those to glorify his name, as we had read at the very top. Uh, You don't have to spend all your waking moments, you know, uh, evangelizing and and, uh, stuff, but Remember, God has a claim on our time, talent, temple, and treasure. So let's make sure that we give uh, some of those resources back to God by telling others about him, by uh, being out in the streets, 
doing outreach, witnessing evangelism, et cetera. Okay, let's not forget God gave us all these things and it's just our duty to give some of that back to him. Uh, on paragraph 16.3, what does it say is the most effective, what is the most effective testimony that we have? Our own experience. Yeah. Can you think of a better testimony than your own experience? Why would that make such a difference? What about if what about if I go around and tell people uh, about Thomas's experiences? What if I tell people about Lakita's experiences? Will that have as much uh, power? No. Nope. Why not? I can tell it pretty good. Yeah, but you're yeah. you telling of your own experience and truthfully telling of your own experience. I mean, yeah, that it has a power um, that would change people. I think about the the demoniacs and how you know they or he. I'm gonna say just he, but they um, wanted to continue with Jesus, but they were told he was told, you know, go tell what, go tell what you know, Jesus has done for you. And so he wasn't learned. He didn't have a lot of, um, you know, uh, he, he, he didn't, he couldn't speak on the, uh, what is it? Hermeneutics and all that stuff, <laughs> but he could tell mm -hmm. them just what Christ had done for him. And he went throughout 10 regions, I believe, telling what Christ had done for him. Okay. Yeah, I think too, though, um, it can be effective. I, I do believe, first and foremost, that our own personal testimony with our experience with God is really the most effective. But, you know, I witnessed a testimony that just thrills my heart today of someone gave a testimony at Northside on a prayer meeting night. And it was just so awesome and um, so inspiring. The whole church was praising God and just, you know, and just having a good time praising the Lord. And stuff wasn't any music, wasn't any of that. She told her testimony, and we was just all on fire, just praising God for His goodness and His mercy and His intervention. So I think you know, being a witness to somebody else's testimony, you know, can be effective in sharing, you know, with somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's saying that most effective is our own testimony. So other testimonies can be effective. Just for example, we. We uh, have the mission story. Those are telling about other people's testimonies. And you can use that. It is effective, but the most effective mm -hmm. is your own because it's from your heart, is heartfelt, is uh, enthusiastic. If anybody asks you some questions, you got answers for them. You know, you tell someone else's testimony and then somebody says, well, what happened uh, here? And you don't have an answer. Well, why did they do that? You don't know. But when you're telling your own testimony, you have all those answers that people are looking for. And it is uh, acknowledging the grace and the glory of God and also supported by the Christ-like life witness that we're talking about. That has an irresistible power that works for salvation of souls. So as Karen mentioned, you don't have to know all the intricacies of, uh, where the, uh, of Greek and Hebrew language and hermeneutics and all that. But you know what God did for you. If you don't know anything else, you know what God did for you. And you got to tell that. Um, I know sometimes people think if they speaking to a person who maybe gives a class or they've seen a person speak, and then they want to talk to you about your testimony, they sometimes expect you to speak the same way you do when you're giving a sermon. But no, this is my personal testimony. I'm just telling you like it is. So I'm not going to be all fancy and stuff. I'm just going to tell you, this is where I was at. This is what God did. And now here's where I'm at now because of his grace. Nothing beats a personal testimony. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Is it possible for us to increase the possibility of having a personal testimony? Repeat your question for us. Is it possible for us to increase um, having a testimony? 
Is it possible for us to increase having a testimony? Yeah, increase the possibility of having a testimony. Is it possible to increase our possibility of having a testimony? Okay, anybody want to tackle that? I think we can because if we let the Holy Spirit lead us, we're going to run into people where, where they where God and Him has placed us that we can be a witness, that we can talk to those people. And you may run into, I'm just going to take a number, you may run into five different people. And when you're being a witness and the Holy Spirit is leading you, you may come off with something special about each person that's going to be different. So I see that as an increase of your witnessing because you've learned something about those five different people. And it was through the Holy Spirit that led you there. Hmm. Anyone else want to add to that? I think when you go and do for others, there's a testimony waiting. When you go help the homeless, you go help somebody or witness to somebody in prison. You know the six things. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, when I was uh, imprisoned, when I was homeless. Mm -hmm. If you go and do those things, I just think that opens up great opportunities for witness and for, for testimonies. Mm -hmm. And also a way that uh, testimonies can be increased. And the pastor spoke about it today about trials and tribulations coming to your life. When we look at those as opportunities to praise God, as opportunities to increase our faith and dependence upon him, as opportunities for him to improve our character for heaven, then that, that gives us another testimony also. A lot of times people just complain about stuff that happened to them instead of turning it around and saying, you know, that did happen, but look how God blessed me through it all. And if you look at it differently, that gives you another opportunity for a testimony as well. Well, what do you guys think about this statement where Sister White says, put yourself in the way of blessings? Uh, Put yourself in the way of blessing. What do you think about that statement and also creating opportunities for testimonies? What do y'all think about that? It's kind of like what Andre already said, but I'm thinking of it in a different way. It's, he said it. It's just in a different way. Okay. Any thoughts well, on that? Well, <laughs> yeah, I think about it like and pretty much what everybody's already said, but like you, you have choices that you can make and you can say, okay, um, when there's a, when there's a uh, outreach going on at church, you can either go, go home, eat your dinner and stay home, <laughs> or you can go home, eat your dinner or eat your dinner wherever and go on out. And so you have the opportunity or the choice to be a blessing to somebody, you know, um, and to be a witness to somebody that day. Or you have, you know, you choose to stay at home and not be that witness. And so, yeah, I think we can definitely place ourselves where we can be used more by God than not. Mm -hmm. I think one way that we can do it is by listening to the Holy Spirit and then following where he leads. Mm -hmm. You know, many times uh, when Lakita was doing call porter ministry, and Sister Foley was the leader, and she would say different motivational thoughts, you know, to get help people be encouraged and going out. And I remember listening, and I heard her say, when, when you pray and ask God to open a door for you, and he tells you to go to, he, he sets it up so that you get to go to this house at one o'clock, that you're mm -hmm. supposed to be at that house at one o'clock, because that's where the blessing's at. And mm -hmm. if you come showing up at two o'clock, you know, the blessing's gone, the angels done went back to heaven or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. and you missed out because you didn't place yourself in the way of those blessings. But when the Holy Spirit tells us to do A, B, and C, and we do it, we're now placing ourselves in the way of those blessings. And um, uh, many times we'll ask God, we'll pray, Lord, help me to do better in business. Lord, help me to do better, uh, you know, in social settings. Lord, help me to do better at this or that. And then God gives us the way to go and we ignore it and don't do it. And then we complain because nothing's happening. But if we do what he leads us to do, then the blessing he's promised us is going to come. And when we get that blessing, that's an opportunity for us 
to praise his name and give a testimony to his goodness and how he's answered our prayers. Yeah, oh, that's um, a message. Oh, go ahead, Lakina. Yeah, so that's, um, all of the stuff is exactly right. I was just coming from a perspective of actually, you know, um, if we want something, if we're trying to reach a goal, because this is our 12 steps program, trying to reach the goal, then we have to put ourselves out there to get the goal. You know, we can't, I can't, let's say, if I don't ever start writing the book, then I can't have a book published. I have to start, you know, I have to put myself in a position so that I can have that testimony with the Lord, if mm -hmm. that makes sense, you know, and I think that's called moving out in faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me just tell this quick little story. So years ago, um, we were going out for um, outreach and um, I had a, a partner, you know, because we go out you know, to get two people at least. And um, so we were supposed to go out the coming Sabbath. And before that, before Sabbath came, I had a dream and I had a dream about going to a house with a red door with a wrought iron uh, screen in front of it or a storm door in front of it or whatever you call those. And so, you know, I was just thinking I just had a dream, right? It's just a dream, you know. And so on Sabbath, when we, I didn't even really know where we were going. You know, we were just given an assignment of, okay, well, this, these are the streets that you're going to canvas or whatever, right? So uh, we ended up, we did several streets. And then we ended up on this one street. And it was a house with a red door with a black wrought iron screen. And I was like, I was blown away because I was like, okay, Lord, this is the, this is the house in my dream. This is the door and the, you know, in my dream. And so we knocked on the door and we told him, you know, we were out and whatever, whatever we were supposed to say or whatever, you know, and uh, they said, oh, no, thank you. No, we're not interested. And so I was really disappointed because I felt like there was something that I was supposed to do at that house, you know, and so I don't know if just obedience was enough, you know, or, well, I guess obedience has to be enough, you know, and maybe it was just that I was supposed to say what we were, what we said, and someone else was going to come later and build on that. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could be a lot of things, you know, but I think one of the main things is you did what the Lord asked you to do mm -hmm. you know you were there at the house you were doing your outreach and also a lot of times uh it is well in the scriptures it said that when the disciples went to a house and the people didn't accept them you just keep it moving mm -hmm. because that's a witness right. that that the salvation came to these people's house and they turned mm -hmm. it away and yeah. again as we always talk about sometimes it takes more than one uh connection with a person for anything to really happen you know, mm -hmm. you might have to have seven people knock on your door before mm -hmm. the person finally says, you know, let me read one of these right. handouts they're giving out or let me see what they're really talking about. So right. we should never get discouraged because we don't see the end from the beginning because right. yeah. there are things going on behind the veil that we don't have a clue about. But God knows, you know, one of the things I had to get used to doing because I was, you know, the Lord would say to me to do something. And then I would do it and nothing would happen far as I know, you know, I'm like, what a waste. Why did I do that? But I had to come to realize that God is just um, helping me to increase my faith in hearing his voice and following it, regardless of what the outcome is. I need to get to the point where when he says thus and so, thus and so it is. And I don't mm -hmm. need to worry about the outcome. And there's been plenty of times where, the Holy Spirit will say to me, you need to leave now or you need to go now or you need to make this right turn. And I'll just do it. I don't know why, but I'm mm. sure there was a reason. And I'm hoping and praying that that type of, uh, as you used to work here in obedience, following the Holy Spirit's voice is going to help me to make it to heaven. 
So sometimes we just don't know the outcome, but it's good. You know, the Lord says obedience is better than sacrifice. So there is something in it for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, it's God's plan that that those who are partakers of this great salvation through Christ should be his missionaries, bodies of light throughout the world to be as signs to the people, living epistles, known and read of all men, their faith and works, testifying to the near approach of the coming Savior and showing that they have not received the grace of God in vain. People must be warned to prepare for the coming judgment. And we are being uh, living epistles. People see us, you know, like Thomas had mentioned, people always watching because they are looking at us and they are getting signs and signals about the impending coming of Christ, you know, and you never know a person will watch you, watch you, watch you. And then finally they'll come up and ask you, how can you be so calm at a time like this? Or what do you like to do on Saturday? Cause you never come to the company outings. You know, you never go out to drink with us. You always bring a healthy lunch. You, you know, you do this or that you're always smiling. That's the opportunity where we can again testify to the goodness of the Lord. So always be ready and prepared to give a person an answer as to why you follow Christ. Any other thoughts on that? Talks about, uh, we're in paragraph 17.1. Now I thought this was interesting as 17.1, it starts out, as they disciples meditate upon his pure holy life. And then it says some other stuff. If only they could bear witness in their lives to the loveliness of Christ's character. Then it says, oh, if they could but have the past three years to live over, they thought, how differently they would act. You know, talking about the disciples walking with Christ for three years. And then they was thinking, wow, if if I could just relive those three years, I would do some stuff differently. And I thought about myself, if I could live the past over again, what different, how would I act differently? What would I do differently now that, you know, as they say, if I knew then what I know now, mm-hmm. how would I act differently? Well, do you think you would is, act any differently? Hindsight is twenty twenty, And unfortunately, we don't have that. We don't have that ability to go back in time and do that. It's just words, really, to say. That I would I would have done it differently, but you know, you know we <laughs> we may we may have some regrets, but we're not going to be able to go back and redo it. Yeah. Anybody else had any thoughts about that? If you could relive your life or part of it, honey, we don't have time enough to tell it. But what <laughs> we can do, what we can do is pray. Like if I look back. And, and see where I was not a good witness. I, I don't have many regrets, but um, I've always called myself a Seventh-day Adventist and carried the time when I wasn't coming to church regularly. That 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 um, part of my life where I was doing what everybody else was doing, but I carried the title. No, I didn't eat pork. No, I didn't drink and da da da. But I could dance with everybody else, you know, whatever it was that those people find somebody that shows them the true light because I felt like I dropped the ball as being a witness during that period of my life. So all I can do is pray for those people now and ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. and that the Lord use me moving forward. Unless I have the opportunity to meet those people again and they can see the before and after. And there's my. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, uh, I remember one time I was, I had gone to somebody's house. Uh, you know, sometimes the elderly can't come into my office or whatever. So mm-hmm. I had gone to their house and, and, um, and it might've been that they had come in. I just, I didn't really even remember the people, but they remembered me. And the man was so impressed with me that he wanted me to come and do some work for him. Right? And um, in, in, the, in the process of speaking with him, I found out that he was not a believer, even in God, that, 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 that there was a God, you know. 
And um, so I did the work that they wanted me to do. And I never saw him again. He ended up dying. And I just always wondered if there was more that I was supposed to do with him or in his life or had it already been done that he was, I just, because I honestly did not remember he and his wife at all, you know, but mm. he remembered me and he just talked so great about me, you know, and so I can only take it that my whatever, whatever influence I had in the small amount of time that, that they were in my, or he was in my office before, it must have had a lasting effect on him. Hmm. Amen. Anyone else with thoughts on that? What if you could relive part of your life? I know I've met people and, you know, felt like after I left, I should have said more, mm -hmm. you know, or I should have said something differently. Mm -hmm. But like Paula said, all I can do at that point is pray that the Lord brings us together again or that the Lord sends someone else to follow up or that the Lord allowed them to hear what they need to hear and not hear what they shouldn't have heard, you know, but it helps me to realize that in the future, I can do better. I can do things differently. And I look for those opportunities now. Uh, talking about being missionaries, who was the first missionaries that Christ sent to preach the gospel? Uh, well, I know Moses. No, the first missionaries Christ sent. Oh, oh, the disciples. Anybody else? Huh? It was the demonic person. <laughs> yeah. The he demoniacs. restored the demon demoniac. Okay. He restored, he restored mm -hmm. the demoniac. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Told them to go and tell the people, you know, and, and when God does a miracle for you like that, it's hard not to tell. You know, when you mm -hmm. think about them, they, these people were possessed demoniacs. And now they're in their right minds. You know, they couldn't wait to tell people. The truth mm -hmm. of the matter is they didn't have to say nothing. They were in their mind and now they are in their yeah. mind. So, I mean, right. so they, now they people are going to say, what's wrong? Yeah, you know. Because yeah. that, um, the, the story about the demoniac, that that person's... Um, that person's issue was known throughout regions. It was so bad that they had to isolate that person and chain them up in a place. I mean, they were infamous. So to see that same person come back clean in his right mind and praising mm -hmm. the Lord, is he was a living testimony. And that's something. Lee, one of the things I think about to your earlier question was about telling your own testimony versus telling somebody else's the enthusiasm and excitement you will have about what you went through is going to show in how you deliver that versus you telling somebody else's. You're not going to have the same enthusiasm. You, you just don't. You, you, didn't, you didn't live through that. You lived through yours. You know how you felt. You know how things were when you got on your knees. And when you start seeing the breakthrough come, that's going to come out as you tell your own testimony. Mm-hmm. And actually, some of those feelings will come back that you had when you was going through it. Yeah, you might even you know? shed a tear. You, you just don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, so, you um, know, it brings me to, to my thinking that after I got baptized and I went back home, I said there was people saying, girl, I heard you done got baptized. You? Even my brothers and sisters, when they when they, when when I when they call and they's like, "Baby girl, you found Jesus finally." I'm like, "Yes, yes, yes, ma'am, yes, sir." But they was like, "Oh my goodness!" And wait a minute, my one sister say, "Now you know the world gonna come in when baby girl done, done got into the word and she done got baptized." But it was mm -hmm. like, you know, nobody expected that I was going to grow up and go find Jesus for myself, which. I, Jesus, I mean, I didn't find Jesus. He was always there. I just wasn't there. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, let me just piggyback on what Andre said. From a legal standpoint, it's the difference between an eyewitness and a hearsay witness. An eyewitness mm. is going, going to be more reliable because it happened to them or they saw it happen versus a, somebody hearsay 
a third party saying, well, I heard that such and such and such and such. Yeah. And think so about the too, all the, the eyewitness is going to be far more effective. Yeah. When you think about all the miracles Christ did, you know, healing the woman with the issue of blood, the paralytic, the blind man, et cetera, all those people. Yeah. People knew them and they saw what happened, but still that person was so happy to tell, you know, and that emotion enthusiasm was coming out. And like Andre said, some tears was falling, I'm sure it made a huge difference. So when we have opportunity to tell people what God has done for us, you know, that's the best witness that we have is what God has done for us. And, you know, sometimes I think about uh, some people I grew up with and, you know, like Patsy's saying, who would have thought that person would ever know the Lord? But yeah, we grow up. The Lord never stops working for us. And some people accept and then they're different. So if you just haven't been around your people for a long while and then you accept Christ and he's in your heart and living through you, when you come back, they're going to notice and they're going to ask some questions, you know, like, wow, what happened to you? you? You know, you don't drink no more. You don't smoke no more. You don't hang out. What happened to you? That's an opportunity for you to tell them what God has done for you. It says uh, uh, we should declare that which we have seen and heard for ourselves as witnesses for Christ. We're to tell what we know what we ourselves have seen and felt. And we are all, all of us can bear witness to what uh, Christ has done for us. And this is the witness which that the Lord wants us to give, the witness that is that the world is perishing from, a real eyewitness of the goodness and glory of God. So again, when we are uh, thinking about witnessing for God, just live the life that God wants you to live. And he'll send people to you or those people will see you. And that's the chance for you to lift up the cross of Christ and let them know about the Savior and him crucified and coming soon. Any final okay. thoughts? Yeah, I have a question and this is for everyone. Um, I just had a conversation a couple of weeks ago with a longtime um, Adventist Christian and they were saying that they never, they don't give testimonies because they don't want other people to know their business. And I'm like, that testimony isn't about you. It's about glorifying <laughs> God and what he did for you. It's a before and after story, you know? And I was like, I, and that same person is always telling people about the Sabbath and stuff like that. They say, oh, they don't want to listen. They don't want to hear nothing. Well, I said, well, you're not giving them anything personal. Tell them your testimony. And, yeah. like, and again, you know, they were like, well, that's telling my personal business. Nobody needs to know that I use the X, Y, Z. I mean, you don't have to give details, but, you know, anyway. So what do you say to a person that thinks you know, when I was one time talking to the Holy Spirit and doing, thinking the same thing, I'm not telling people my business. And the Holy Spirit says, so you rather not praise me, not give me praise uh, so that you can feel comfortable. <laughs> so, you know, no, that's just denying God's praise. And I tell you, if you don't give him, if you don't give a testimony, you won't have a testimony. Does that make sense to you? The more it says when praises go up, blessings come down. So when we praise God and give God testimony, he gives us more opportunities to have a testimony. Mm, if we why don't do it, give, the rocks are crying. Yeah, why should he give us a testimony? What's he giving you one for? You, you know, I mean, you're not even, and, and it's a form of lack of gratitude too, you know, just denying. It's like I'm giving somebody a dollar, you know, or helping them do something. And then when they get a chance, let's say I braid their hair and it's real pretty. And somebody say, oh, your hair looks nice. I'm standing there. And they just say, uh-huh. You know, it's like, what? Really? <laughs> mm -hmm. that, um, that makes me think of the story of the unfaithful steward. And he was given yeah. the one talent and he went and buried it in the earth. And so yeah. it didn't gain anything. It didn't gain interest. He didn't even go put it in the bank for it could gain interest. He just buried it in the earth. 
And I can almost guarantee you, uh, Paula, that the Lord was using you because I bet you he's wondering, how come everybody else is getting blessed but me, you know? And you keep coming back to him saying, you need to give a testimony. When prices go up, blessings come down. That's that's Amen. what it says. And that reminds me. Also, also, Sister Paula, I think, too, so, sometimes when you give a testimony, you never know when a person is going through that and think they're not going to make it through. Then they hear somebody give a testimony, whether they say it or not, and they're like, hey, if God and the Holy Spirit led them, then I, I shouldn't give up. They're telling me, that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you think, I, I think in terms of our teenagers that are committing suicide, if, if, if somebody don't give a testimony that at one time I got depressed and I got down, but I knew that I could call on Jesus, and, you know, and, and just go, I think that sometime a testimony, somebody can hear it and, it, and it brings them to mind, the Holy Spirit sent that person to give me that testimony, that I know that, they, that the Holy Spirit worked for them and they can work for me. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, and I even reminded them, uh, I can't think of the verse right now, where it's found, but uh, the Bible says, uh, Jesus said, if you don't acknowledge me, I won't acknowledge you to my father. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, but, but, you know, I didn't want to beat up on this person. I wanted them to open up and feel comfortable, but they had been, you know, and they have a, a heck of a story to tell, but they are just afraid to share it. So, so, so that reminds me of a testimony. <laughs> I, um, I, I had, um, I won't say lost my job, but they laid a lot of us off. And um, my mother was staying with us and she called me and she said, a uh, mail just came and I think um, your check was, your check is here. And I said, yeah, I think that's my last check. And so on my way home, I had a talk with the Lord about tithing offering. And the Lord was like, okay, so are you going to do this? Are you going to take out what's needed for me first? Or are you going to get your bills taken care of? And on my way home, I decided, no, I'm gonna take care of the Lord first. And when I got home, and, and when I got home, I got my check, and, and the check was so much that uh, I was able to take care, of course, the Lord first and all my bills. But Karen told me, don't tell everything in this testimony. You can give your testimony without telling all the pieces. Don't give no dollar amounts. You ain't got to tell people how much how much it was. <laughs> the testimony is in the fact that you were faithful to the Lord and he was faithful to you. He made sure your bills are paid. That's the testimony. So, so Paula, you know, explain to him. There are times, or them, I don't know who it is. There are there are ways of telling testimonies without telling all the business. Just, just give the parts that are relevant. If they feel like they don't want to give special details, they don't have to give details, but make sure it's still, you know, you're still telling the story of how good God is to that person. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember something that one of our pastors used to say. He used to say, get to the Jesus part, get to the Jesus part. And so a testimony should always be our end goal should be lifting up Christ. Right. Yeah. I know says, let... says that a lot too. When they we get on a prayer line, they say, now we want it's about 55 people this morning. Just get to the Jesus part. <laughs> yeah, which you don't want to uh, rush the spirit either. But I understand about timeliness. Uh, but the scripture says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So whenever God blesses us, you know, God works miracles constantly. Whenever he blesses us with the answered prayer, uh, performs a miracle in our lives, does something great that we've been looking for. Or, you know, he, he's always in the miracle working business. Let, let's let other people know that and be happy and thankful and grateful that God is looking down upon us and that he cares for us. Uh, I'll end with this. I thought this was kind of a funny look. A uh, joke this comedian was saying about people giving their testimony. And he said, the lady said, I went to the store and I bought these shoes and I got home and the shoes didn't fit. So I took them back to the store and I gave them the shoes and I gave them my receipt and they gave me all my money back. And he said, that's not a testimony, that's store policy. 
<laughs> so you know god does he he does great things in our lives he blesses the just and the unjust but let's not be afraid or ashamed or think in some kind of way about giving god praise thank him for his goodness thank him for his blessings and always let others know this is my lord jesus and he loves me and he loves you just as much. And Lee, I think it should be pointed out that we shouldn't be surprised to be blessed by God. We should be expecting blessings from him. He promised us. Amen. Okay, Karen, where are we at for next week? Uh, next week, we are in the book Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1. We're on, still on Chapter 95 and we'll be starting at Paragraph 546.2. All righty then. Okay, Brother Thomas, you still with us? Yes, sir. I'm, I'm, I'm here, man. Okay, would you mind closing us out with prayer? We appreciate it. Yes, sir. Oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, Lord, for just granting us one more time to fellowship together, Heavenly Father, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the wisdom of each and every person on this call. Thank you for their blessing and their testimonies as well, Heavenly Father. I ask for that you continue to... Uh, grant us the grace and mercy of coming together, Lord, and then we may add people onto this call as well. Your son, same, I pray. Amen. 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 Remember Amen. to invite someone for next week.